This is Samuel's Persiflage, episode number 15 for July 4, 2007, and I'm dedicating this episode to the king of Australian radio, John Laws. Samuel's Persiflage. I'm Samuel Gordon-Stewart and it's great to have your company once again for what is going to be a shorter episode than what you're probably used to, but I think that's the way we're going to do it from here on because basically it just is easier to do and it means I'll be able to do this much more regularly. Anyway, today we're going to spend most of our time talking about uh, John Laws. John Laws has, of course, as you're probably well aware, announced his retirement from radio later this year, and we're fortunate to have his former executive producer and now host of 2UE's night show, Stuart Bocking, joining us uh, to talk about that as well. We've also got some... uh, some ads that John Laws has produced over the years with uh, thanks to our good friend Frankster at the Frankster Archives Library, frankster.zanyspace.com. And of course, full details on uh, the Skypecast episode, which is the next episode of Samuel's Persiflage, where you'll be able to join in. It'll, I suppose it'll be a bit like a talk radio show in some ways. You'll be able to ring in and take part and hopefully you can. Uh, the full details on how that works and when it'll be, uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later in the episode, and there's also uh, some feedback, and uh, we've even got a thought for the month this month. It's one of those features that just uh, seems to have disappeared recently, but it's back. That's a good thing. Anyway, as usual, or at least this being the second episode of Hopefully many episodes where this will be, so I suppose we can call it usual. It's time to start with the editorial. Australia Post, much like other postal services around the world, have various products to match the diverse range of urgencies of the items which are posted. Australia Post's premium post delivery service is called Express Post, and it comes with a guarantee of next day delivery within certain places. For example, if I was to send an item from Canberra to Sydney by Express Post, Australia Post guarantee that it will arrive the next business day. The same thing applies if I send it from here to the other side of Canberra or even from here to Brisbane. The guarantee stays the same. Next business day delivery. It's a fairly simple promise, and it seems like a fair deal in exchange for the higher cost of express post compared to normal post. So you would think that Australia Post might fulfil their promise. But no, that would be asking too much. 
As an example, a few weeks ago I was posting something from here to Sydney. I posted it prior to the closing time of the post office on a Thursday, prior, in fact, to the final pickup of post from that post office for the day. Logic would tell you that, under these circumstances, I was being quite reasonable when I expected that the item would arrive in Sydney the next day. After all, I paid extra to ensure this prompt delivery. On the Saturday morning, I spoke to the person who was supposed to receive this item in the mail. They had not received it. And sadly, I'm far too used to this lack of service from Australia Post to be surprised. The item arrived on Monday, and I could have paid a lot less to have it delivered on Monday. On previous occasions, I have sent things from here to Brisbane via Express Post, only to find out that they don't turn up for half a week. And indeed, it took Australia Post a whole week to deliver an important document to the other side of Canberra via Express Post on one occasion. I have other examples of similar things, far too numerous to mention right here at the moment. You're probably thinking that, as this next business day delivery is guaranteed by Australia Post, I'm probably entitled to some compensation for this breach of their guarantee. Well, you'd be right. I can get a free replacement Express Post satchel, which is just marvellous, because I really want something that can't get my mail to its destination within a guaranteed time frame. It's such a helpful replacement that I, much like just about anyone else who's ever experienced this bad service, can't be bothered following up on the offer. I mean, really, what good is another helping of a service that I'm already annoyed with? Australia Post have an even more expensive service called Express Post Platinum. It offers the additional provision of being able to track the status of the posted item, and to date it hasn't failed to meet the promised time frame for delivery. But it isn't an easy service to purchase. For one reason or another, one can only presume because it requires more, ad more administrative work from postal staff and provides the end user with printable proof to back up any dispute they may have, Australia Post staff seem to be trained to do all they can to talk customers out of purchasing a Express Post Platinum. I've even had them try to convince me that the normal Express Post service has online tracking so that they can sell me the cheaper product. They go on and on about how much cheaper normal Express Post is, and then they don't seem overly happy when they can't talk you out of the purchase. I have to wonder what's going on at Australia Post. They can't keep their promises on Express Post, and they, they make me jump through hoops to purchase anything more expensive. I mean, I can understand the occasional delay. Things happen. But when it happens almost every time, it's just unacceptable. Now, I don't want to see Australia Post privatised, but if it can't meet certain standards which it would be forced to meet as a private enterprise, then perhaps it is time for a shake-up to fix the growing problems with a service which seems to be gradually going downhill. <laughs> It was last week that legendary Australian radio broadcaster John Laws announced his impending retirement from radio. It was a decision which prompted many calls and emails from pre people expressing their sadness and best wishes over the decision. Among the callers to the show on that morning were Prime Minister John Howard, opposition leader Kevin Rudd, television presenter Kerry-Ann Kennelly, and the person we've got on the line right now. Our guest today is arguably most well known for his time as the executive producer of the John Laws 
morning show, where he often appeared on the air as the co-driver. I say arguably because he now has quite a following on the night show on 2UE and many other stations across the nation where he uses his real name, Stuart Bocking. Stuart, welcome to the program. Yes, thanks, Emil. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. That's uh, that's good. Um, as I just mentioned, you were the executive producer of the John Laws show for a while. How would you describe the experience of working with someone as iconic as Lawsy? Well, I mean, it was terrific. I mean, as somebody who, uh, for many years going through school, whatever, often listened to his program whenever I was on school holidays. Um, you know, he was somebody who, in many ways, I suppose, uh, encouraged a lot of uh, a lot of people's uh, interest, piqued their their curiosity in in radio generally, and and I was but one of them who was able to pursue it via a series of country stations, having gone through the film, TV and radio school course many years ago now, and then, of course, eventually ending up at TUE in 1996, and it was about three years later that I first went in and started working with John. Okay. And uh, it was, I suppose, I know I've only spoken to John once uh, back in 2005, I remember that while I was on hold to talk to him, I was that nervous, I was shaking, and I actually lost my concentration while I was talking to him and uh, started waffling on a bit. Right. When you first met Lawsy, and I know I've heard a lot of people say that he just has this sort of this aura around him, um, when you first met him, was it a case of nerves at meeting someone like Lawsy? No, pro probably not. I mean, he certainly does have an aura about him. There's no question about that. I mean, it's a fairly imposing physical presence given his, his sheer height apart from anything <laughs> else, uh, not to mention the uh, the bass baritone voice and, and everything else that, that comes with Lawsy. But uh, no, I think it was, uh, it was more just... Uh, um, an interesting encounter, I suppose, as, as much as anything else. That uh, you know, he'd, he'd been working here, and I'd been in the newsroom at that stage. And when I first met him, he was just sort of passing in the corridor, and so I sort of had a chance to, to steal myself for some time, having seen him walk past <laughs> the newsroom on, on his way to the studio, or vice versa, back towards Probably. his office. Yeah. Probably helpful. Uh, well, to a degree, I suppose. Maybe I had a bit of time to sort of build up the courage. I'm not quite sure what it was, but eventually I found myself in his path and uh, we chatted for a moment and I said hello and who I was and on we went. But then, of course, I didn't have uh, a lot to do directly with him from time to time if I was reporting in the newsroom and there was a story they particularly wanted to cover. Uh, I might do the odd uh, report to him. I remember the first time I did a report on his program. I can't remember what the story was, but I was certainly nervous waiting to go on that morning when I was first knew that I was going on his program. And that was simply to do a, a news cross on some hmm. issue of the day, which I have to say these days now escapes me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, uh, I think Senator Helen Coonan, who's the Minister for Communications, among other things, she had summed up Lawsy's retirement announcement quite nicely when she said, uh, when the Golden Tonsils with a Big Heart retires later this year, his many listeners, friends and colleagues will all be sad to see him go, and as we all recognise with poignancy today, it will be the end of a broadcasting era in Australia. Uh, you know, Lawsy has left such a big mark on the nation, and there's no doubt he'll be missed by uh, those who love him and those who hate him when he goes, but why do you think of all the people who've been in radio, Lawsy has become just such a, such a big figure? 
Uh, well, I think in part because the uh, the era he came through in a, in a time when there wasn't the sort of fragmentation of audiences that there is today. Uh, radio was very much king, and, and he was king of the radio. And of course, he used his success on radio to, to parlay himself into the uh, the early days of, of television, which only helped expand his profile. Uh, there was no internet back then, and a whole range of other competing things. And he was the best at, at what he did. Uh, in a, a very important and, and strong industry. It's certainly still a very important and strong industry, but there are so many other competing types of media now. Uh, but he was the, the best at doing what he did back in that era, and that just helped cement his place, uh, not just uh, within a you know, Sydney audience, but uh, across a, a broader audience, partly through TV, and then later, of course, through the networking of his program around the country on radio. Yeah, 71 stations are... I have to wonder if, if we'll ever see anyone reach 71 stations ever again. We, we won't. No, it's quite clear. We, we won't. There'll never be a program networked to that extent and across so many different stations. You'll have individual broadcasters within states mm. maybe networked to 20, 25 stations possibly within their state uh, but certainly in terms of then having an interstate reach where they have some sort of a relevance. I mean, it's it's one you know, matter to actually be uh, broadcast to all of these stations, but to be relevant in all of those markets is what set John apart from so many of the others. He had a, a relevance of poignancy in all of those markets. Now, you'll never see somebody with that sort of reach ever again. No, and in some ways it's sad to see that happen because uh, I suppose, as Senator Coonan said, it is the end of an era and... Uh, it's always sad well, it to is. see some eras go. But you've also got to remember, I mean, one of the key things with radio is, is localism. True. Um, and, and that's a, a very important part of, of radio. So some, uh, you know, some people will say, well, you know, there's an opportunity now for some of those stations to, uh, to focus more closely on their, their local areas. And there will still be networking to a degree. People in many of those regional and country areas will still have access to a metropolitan city voice uh, albeit uh, coming out of Sydney and broadcast through New South Wales or coming out of Melbourne and broadcast through Victoria or out of Brisbane and broadcast through Queensland mm. rather than somebody you know, sitting in the, the Citadel in Sydney and broadcasting to all of those areas as laws he's been able to do. And, and that's what makes him so unique. He's, he's got that reach that, that he can blend all of those competing interests and still produce a, a relevant uh, you know, program that, uh, that is uh, loved and, and listened to by so many people. Yeah. Well, I know I'll miss him. I know a number of other people will. And I mean, you're right, it is. It is important to sort of move on and have more localism. But uh, I suppose we'll, we'll all miss him. Stuart, I know you're very busy preparing for your show tonight on 2UE, so uh, thank you very much for spending some time with us here on Samuel's Persiflage. No, not at all. And uh, one thing, I mean, you were talking about all of that flowery prose from uh, Helen Coon, and certainly <laughs> one thing she touched on was, uh, was the big heart. Mm. And I think that's probably one thing that is underestimated by a lot of people. Yes, he can sometimes rant and rave and he'll get up people when they deserve it and he'll have a shot at people as well. But some of the things he does privately and quietly behind the scenes uh, for listeners and other people who come into contact with him uh, are the things that, that go unsaid and go unmentioned and I wouldn't you know, start to list them all one by one but I certainly know there are many and varied so uh, mm. it certainly uh, you know, is, is a contrast I suppose to uh, 
to sometimes what we hear on the air to, to know that there is this uh, this soft side which does come through, but uh, some people choose to uh, to ignore it at times. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I suppose a number of broadcasters do that. They they have their sort of their act on air, which I suppose isn't just entirely an act, but. Radio's there for entertainment and, uh, and behind the scenes a lot of good work goes on that we often don't hear about. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was Stuart Bocking, the host of the night show between 8pm and midnight on 2UE and a number of other stations across the nation. And right now, we're thanks to Frankster from the Frankster Archives Library at frankster.zanyspace.com. We're going back in time to a commercial John Laws read decades ago for a radio. It's the sound to go with. It's the sound to stop with. It's the most versatile sound around. AWA Cruiser 9, the radio that goes anywhere, plays anywhere, from its own battery, car battery, or PowerPoint, through the exclusive AWA Battery Saver. AWA Cruiser 9 is a car radio, a powerful nine-transistor portable, a car portable, a fine home radio. It's every kind of radio in one. Make it the sound around you. See Cruiser 9 at your AWA retailer or car radio specialist. AWA. Mark of excellence in radio. Now, I should probably point out that uh, Frankster hasn't actually paid to be mentioned on this podcast. He's just uh, been kind enough to... uh, Well, he was kind enough to look through his archives for me and find uh, a few John Laws ads and send them through to me. So, uh, he hasn't paid for these mentions, but I just thought, well, look, he he was very nice to me, so I might as well give him a few plugs as well. So, thank you for that, Frankster. Now... I've been saying for the last couple episodes that every few episodes of Samuel's Persiflage from here on, we're going to have a Skypecast episode, and indeed we are. The next episode of Samuel's Persiflage will be a Skypecast episode, and it'll take place uh, Tuesday the 17th of July at 8pm Canberra time, which is uh, 10am Greenwich Meridian time, and I'll let you work out your time difference from there. But... Basically, what is a Skypecast? I hear a few of you asking. Uh, and in fact, most of the feedback I received in the last month is, what's a Skypecast? So, um, yes, that's what I'm going to answer for you. A Skypecast, I suppose the best way to explain it, it's, it's a bit like talkback radio. To some extent, you have a host and you have some callers. And that's pretty much what we're going to do. Uh, it's going to be live, obviously, uh, a live recording with callers. Uh, and it's going to be done using Skype. Now, Skype is uh, is the software I use for pretty much all of the interviews now, whenever it's a phone interview or, or a Skype-based interview. Uh, spoke to Frankster over Skype. Spoke to uh, Bill Grady over Spike. Skype? Spike? Okay, Spike. That's a new word. I mean, Spike makes sense, but it makes no sense in this context. And uh, indeed, Stuart Bocking... Uh, It was a phone interview, but it was done through Skype. Now, the Skype cast doesn't cost a thing. Uh, You basically just need to download a copy of Skype from skype.com and register. Uh, That's free as well. 
And yeah, I'll, I'll post a link to the Skypecast on the Samuels Persiflage website on the day. And you just click on that link, it'll open up Skype for you, and uh, you, you'll come into the Skypecast. Well, now, the conversation between me and uh, whoever, whichever of you decides you want to take part, I mean, as many of you as, as you want are welcome. I'm looking probably it'll last 20, 30 minutes, and uh, just, I mean, I'll have a few topics that I'll choose in advance, but you're more than welcome to come on and talk about whatever you want. And, you know, it's it's pretty much as simple as that. Now, you'll need a, a microphone, obviously, so that I can hear you and so that the rest of the people here can hear you and uh, preferably some headphones, um, earphones, you know, those little linear iPod-type earphones, they'll do the trick, um, uh, whatever. Just preferably anything other than speakers because uh, speakers will be fed back through your microphone and will get a really annoying echo we might even get some feedback, so um, if you can avoid using speakers, that would be good. Skype, Skype does seem to do a reasonable job of echo cancellation, so we might be able to get away with speakers if you move away from them a bit. That might work, but, you know, we'll see on the day how it goes. And, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You just fire up Skype, you click on that link, it'll take you in. In fact, you'll probably even find the, the Skypecast on the live tab of Skype. And we'll just have a chat. Whatever you want to talk about, you just come in, you click on the request microphone button, I think it is, and I'll get to your call in turn. Now, if you don't have a microphone, you're not excluded. You can still take part. Um, obviously, you won't be audible. Uh, but you can still send me a text message through Skype. So I'll still read those out throughout the show. So basically, it'll, it'll keep going on. Uh, you can either talk to me in person, I suppose, with your voice, or you can send me a text message and which I'll just go on. Now, if this concept doesn't work at all and it's just a terrible failure, then we'll still have the episode. It might be the worst episode ever of Samuel's Persiflage, but we'll still have the episode. And if it just doesn't work, then fine. I'll write it off as, as an experience where I just won't do it again. But look, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having you on the show. And it'll be a, a much more interactive way of doing the, the feedback to some extent as well. You might want to come on and criticize the way I babble right here. I mean, five minutes of me talking about the Skypecast already. But yeah, basically, you just come online. We uh 8 p.m. Canberra time, Tuesday the 17th of July, which, as I said, is 10 a.m. Greenwich Meridian time. Uh, and you can work out your time difference from there. And yeah, pretty much anywhere in the world that you are, you're more than welcome to join in and uh, and be here on Samuel's Persiflage. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get a few new people as well who just happen to be randomly browsing Skypecasts as they do. And they'll join in as well. So... The more the merrier. I look forward to having your company then, Tuesday the 17th of July, 8pm Canberra time, on the Samuels Persiflage Skypecast. Now, if you have any questions about this, if any of what I've said doesn't make any sense at all, then feel free to send me an email and uh, I'll be more than happy to help you out. Uh, podcast at samuelgordonstewart.com uh, but right now on Samuel's Persiflage, we're going to play a song. Now, Fats Waller is, uh, is a relatively well-known uh, musician, and the copyright on his works has expired the, due to the previous 50-year provision on Australian copyright law. 
uh, pretty much meant that 50 years after the person passed away, the copyright on their, their music expired. Uh, that provision in recent years has been changed to 70 years under the Free Trade Agreement with the United States. However, the copyright on those works doesn't uh, doesn't get renewed if it's already expired, which in Fat Swallow's case, it had. And the good thing about expired works is that I can play them here. I mean, I could play unexpired works if I really wanted to, but the uh, licensing fees for that would be uh, astronomical. So anyway, uh, Fat Swallow, and uh, this song is one that John Stanley often uses in the afternoon on 2UE and 2CC, and it's one that I've heard him comment that uh, that John Laws happens to like quite a bit. So, uh, John, this one's for you. How'd you do? Nice people, fine people, Arabian people. Yes, yes, I've met some very nice people. Some very, very, very nice people. But you meet the nicest people in your dreams. It's funny, but it's true. And that's where I first met you. And you're the nicest, paradisest thing I ever knew. I've looked the universe over, from Wackenack Sack to Dover. And now that we have met, how sweet it seems. I love you more the more I know you, which only goes to show you, you meet the nicest people in your dreams.
Listen to feedback time again. And of course, you can send an email where either write an email or attach some sound to it. Podcast at samuelgordonstuart.com, or of course, you can click on the send spoken feedback link on the Samuel's Persiflage website. There's uh, not an awful lot of feedback this month. There was a, a bit more than what I'm going to read out to you now, but uh, most of it was actually people asking me about the Skypecast, so uh, we've already dealt with that. Jason writes, I like this new feature of the editorial. It sounds like you've come up with a good segment for the show, and if you can antagonise telemarketers at the same time, then all the best to you. Well, thank you, Jason. In fact, um, you might be interested to to know that uh, I did get contacted by those telemarketers that I've had a go at in the last episode. They claimed that they didn't get my message, but they actually rang me up a second time uh, to offer me my phone deal. Now, just call me cynical if you like, but uh, it just seems to me that anyone who's willing to... Uh, to offer me a phone deal where where they're going to pay my phone bill for months and months and months and months on end, it just seems a tiny bit suspicious because I just cannot see how you can make money if you're not charging people for the service. Just seems a tiny bit suspicious to me, and of course the fact that they were going through half a dozen different business names, and you couldn't actually contact half the business, and in fact they didn't even know they had a website. Well, they are doing well in that call centre. Uh, Matt writes, another good episode with Bill Grady. I enjoyed the debate about gun control. It was certainly interesting to hear about it from someone who understands the culture of the United States. Well. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Matt, and I always enjoy having Bill on the show. It's uh, He's a good guest, and uh, as I said, hopefully we'll have him on again towards the end of the year. But, uh, of course, you can send feedback to podcast at samuelgordonstuart.com or click on the Send Spoken Feedback link, and, uh, of course, we've got the Skypecast episode coming up, so uh, we'll be able to talk to you there as well. This is Samuel's Persiflage. For the month. Well, for the month. Hmm. I don't think I've done this for a few episodes, so it's probably more like the thought for the quarter. But uh, we won't go into... We won't be pedantic about it. Uh, And, I mean, as the show goes on, the show will be a bit more regular than monthly. So uh, I suppose the the thought for the month, I'm going to have to think up a new title for it. Anyway, the uh, the quote that I'm going to use this month is one from John Laws when he announced his retirement. I like this quote, actually. He says, Never ask anybody to keep a secret, no matter who it may be, because it doesn't stay a secret for very long. He was referring to uh, the way it seems that, seemed that the entire media knew that he was going to announce his retirement before he actually did it, and... Uh, that it was supposed to be a secret. Well, the secret got out, and, uh, well, I, it's it's a good quote. I mean, obviously, very few of us are ever going to be in that sort of situation, but it's a good quote. I like that one. Never ask anybody to keep a secret, no matter who it may be, because it doesn't stay a secret for very long. 
Yes, well, I suppose once you tell someone a secret, you, it's up to them to keep it, isn't it? And, well, people just don't keep secrets. Anyway, time for another uh, another one of those ads. And uh, thanks to Frankster from the Frankster Archives Library at frankster.zanyspace.com. I think it's a bit, uh, it's a bit of a, um, what's the word I'm searching for here? I think it's become a, a bit of a stereotype in some ways. It's, uh, it's quite a classic ad now, really. And that's the whole point of the segment. It's uh, John Laws advertising Valvoline. You know, when you choose Valvoline oil, you're buying the best possible protection for the best possible price. I mean, you mightn't want to run the world's top motorsport teams with it nor to protect millions of dollars worth of equipment with it. And you may never want to run major transport fleets with it. Some people do. That's why they choose Valvoline oils. People who know, use Valvoline. And there we go. Well, that's a good ad, isn't it? <laughs> It's uh, Valvoline and Toyota. It's, it's the two things that, uh, well, I suppose we will associate John Laws with for many, many years to come. The two things that he's just advertised and advertised, and I suppose and if he's got that, that voice, which he does, and he manages to advertise it so well, then it's understandable that the companies would want him advertising their products. And I suppose that... Uh, those products just stand out as things he's advertised. But, uh, it's hard to believe that soon he won't be on the airwaves. I mean, it was inevitable, I suppose, that it would happen eventually, but it just, it's, it, it just, to me at least, it, it'll be hard to, to imagine that one day he'll just, he'll just stop. It happens with everything, uh, everything, I suppose. You just have to move on and uh, so be it, but oh well. He'll be here for a little while longer, and after that, good luck to him in his retirement. It'll be uh, well-deserved. Anyway, that's Samuel's persiflage for another month, and uh, I'm Samuel Gordon-Stewart. I hope you can join me in the uh, Skypecast episode on uh, the 17th of July at 8pm Canberra time, uh, 10am Greenwich Meridian time, and uh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, any questions or any feedback, send me an email, podcast at samuelgordonstuart.com or send, uh, click on the Send Spoken Feedback link. And until uh, until the 17th of July, and probably the 18th of July when I actually get around to releasing that episode, but uh, until then, take care. Ta-da. <laughs>